When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hello everyone and welcome along to your Monday night edition of the TII podcast as we enter the final week of the SPFL season. Two games left for Rangers and the season will thankfully be over. Um, I think I, I speak for the vast majority of Rangers fans when we're looking forward to to the summer and, and what the, the changes that can bring um, and then start looking ahead to next season. Tonight we'll talk... A bit of a mix of a bit of a mixed bag of topics. We'll talk a little bit about the Player of the Year awards last night. Who got them? Who the guys think should actually have got them? Uh, we'll speak a bit about transfers. Some of the some of the rumours that have been going around. Michael Beale, I think, said that one's going to be confirmed on Wednesday. So there's been a bit of speculation about who that might be. And then the second half of the podcast, we'll look ahead to to Rangers versus Hearts at, at, at Ibrox on Wednesday night and how we think we'll. We'll approach that one, um, and there might even be a wee question about a transfer in there on that one as well. Joining me tonight to discuss all of this, we have two Scots. We'll start with Scott Cameron. How are you doing? Very good. Uh, roll on 3pm on Saturday. That's all That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Is that because you're meeting us all in the pub? Is that why, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm missing this one, but uh, aye. Absolutely. And we're joined by Scott Mitchell as well. How are you doing, Scott? I can only echo what Cammy's saying, mate. Um, roll on Saturday, 3pm. Cannot wait for this season to be finished. <laughs> and Craig, all the way from a, a very hot and humid Texas, I believe. Absolutely roasting here, Craig. So, for, for just a bead of sweat running down my head, it's roasting, and I am roasting. <laughs> Good to have you all on. We'll start with, I guess, the Player of the Year awards last night. There was lots of discussion on social media. There was lots of chat about who should have won the awards, if we should have had a award ceremony at all for this season. I saw plenty of that chat as well. Um, James Tavernier, it's fair to say, was the big winner from last night. Uh, I'm going to go through the awards kind of one by one. There's a couple there that um, 
aren't voted for by by anyone, and then there's some that are voted for by people. We'll, we'll discuss who um, who won each of the awards. We're keen to get hear what your thoughts are on it as well. So please um, drop your drop your thoughts in the comments, and we'll bring the best ones up. Um, first one I'm going to start with is top goal scorer. Now that's a pretty matter of fact award, so it's hard to have much of an issue with who that went to. It did go to James Tavernier, but. Scott Cameron, I think the fact it went to James Tavernier proves an issue in itself. Yeah, and undoubtedly that has to be something that changes. If in 12 months' time we are in a position where Tav is still our top goal scorer, the recruitment hasn't went as we uh, as we hope is going to happen this summer. Basically, you know, we have to get a, a goal, a, a number nine a number of number nines who give us 20 to 25 goals. You know, um, Tav's still going to get his contribution, you know, and free kicks and penalties and all that sort of stuff. But um, I mean, he had a, Tav had a good night and uh, it sums up the season, mate. It does, yeah. But after his goal yesterday, I guess it's hard to, it's hard to keep that away from him anyway. But Craig, it's, um, I've long said, I think, I think all Rangers fans have said we need to find that 20-plus goal a, a week season striker. We've not had one for for many, many years, it feels like. Are you optimistic that's what that's what we're looking for as we move away from the Alfredo Morelos era, I'll call it, at, at Rangers? I guess we've probably become accustomed to how Alfredo Morelos plays and what he contributes, but we, we really do need someone that's going to hit the back of the net consistently from next season on, don't we? We do. Uh, you know, I watched you guys yesterday after the game and you were talking about this. Um, I think that's where we're going to invest the most, isn't it? Um, and should be. I remember when Stevie Gerrard came on board and they were asking, we're going to buy another striker, maybe maybe to give competition to Alfredo Morelos, who was in form at the time. And he said, you won't find one. Uh, whether he said you won't find one because they're just uh, unicorns for us to find a player like that, or we just Plain and simply couldn't afford them at the time. Um, I just, I think we need to spend the money. There's no getting around it. If you, you just have to look at even Ryan Kent, who we did spend money on. No goals at him. Fashion Sakala does chip in, but we need a prolific goal scorer, someone to lead the line. <clears throat> a talisman up front, really. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Beal does, because um, obviously he's been at the club before, so uh, he's going to continue that similar style. Um, depends who he gets in, but I'd be interested to see uh, who it is. But we, we need someone, don't we? Yeah, Scott Mitchell. It's actually quite hard to tell what's your t-shirt and what's the wall, but we'll, we'll keep going from there. Um, what, <laughs> what do you? Um, what value? Craig's spoken there about the the sort of investment that we need to put into that position and to make sure we get a prolific striker. Is there a certain value you think? Okay, if we spend. Four million pound, five million pound on a striker, you're guaranteed that that goals, or is it, or how much is it down to the profile rather than people focusing on how much we spend on? I mean, it's, it's got to be down to the profile. I mean, if you just look at the the comparison between the two strikers we've got right now, Alfredo Morelos costs roughly about a million pounds, um, and then Alfredo Antonio Cholak probably costs about double that. So, you know, the the price itself doesn't guarantee you results. It doesn't guarantee you goals. We really just need to make sure that we're accurately scouting this player and we know that they're going to be able to fit into our system because I think it's quite clear, even though he's been injured a lot since Bill came in, it's clear he doesn't fancy the Antonio Cholak profiler striker. 
Um, so it's just really important that we do our homework. And by all accounts, it seems like Beal has done that. I think he, he was alluding to it almost at the turn of the year, the fact that he'd had a look at a striker who wasn't on a lot of people's radars. So we know he's been looking for a while. It's just the case of finding that right person. And for all we know, they could come in a free Craig. So money really isn't the be all and end all when it comes to this. But I mean, if, if you want me to put a figure on it, I say if we spend four million, we're hoping for at least 20 goals a season, if not a wee bit more than that. Yeah, if we spend four million pounds, I'm hoping for for much, much more than that. If you're a professional striker, you should be able to hit the back of the net, especially playing for for Rangers and the amount of chances we create. Um, Paul McGarrigal says, um, I would try and persuade Maja to to come. Obviously, he's at Bordeaux. I think he'd be doing particularly well in uh, League Two over there. Um, he's a name that seems to consistently come around Scott Cameron. And is is he one that you'd fancy pulling on the the dark blue shirt next? Well, I think he, I think he's available available for free. Excuse me. Um, I've not really followed him to be honest uh, since the, since he left Sunderland. To be perfectly honest with you, you know he was he was uh, very highly highly thought of it at that point. Has hasn't he quite kicked on? Probably as his career would have, but he probably has the the sort of profile that um, Michael Beale's looking for. I just think we have to get to a situation where we don't have a number nine. That when that number nine is isn't there, how do we, you know, how do we replace them? Sort of thing. We, I mean, I, you know my feelings on Alfredo, but we, we when he wasn't there, you were bringing in Jermaine Defoe, you were bringing in Cedric and you were bringing in different types. So I think that the the forward players that uh, Michael Beal brings in this summer will be versatile and have pace and be have energy energy and sort. Of, They'll be able to like play on the right, play on the left, play in the middle. I think very, very flexible sort of sort of situation. But I, he's we've not really been linked to a lot of strikers. He's one that always seems to be linked. But um, I'm 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 just as interested as everybody else to know who we who we who we get. And I, I really hope by the time the players return on the 30th of June, we've got at least one striker in the building. Absolutely. Ian Mitchell at the wind-up here saying, why has nobody said McBurney yet? Um, no one should ever say McBurney and Rangers in the same in the same sentence, and that's exactly why Ian is, is not allowed on the podcast anymore. Um, <laughs> moving forward in the, in the awards, Players Player of the Year, obviously voted for by the, the first-team squad, was James Tavernier. I guess that shows how highly they rate his his performances over the season. He's a he's a player that comes in for a lot of criticism, Craig, but clearly he's he's fellow professionals, the guys that see him day in, day out, still rate rate his performances and his contribution to the team highly. Yeah, I mean James Tavernier is definitely one of our best players at the club. There's no doubt about that. Um ability wise, um just have to look at his free kick yesterday. Who who tries that? It's audacious, you know. Um, he certainly has his faults, and I'm one of the first ones to call them out. I think there's you know, he puts highlight reel of goals together. He can also put highlight reel of big moments where he's cost us. But um, I think we need to add quality to surround James Tavernier with. You know, I think everything's about perspective, and uh, you know, when 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 you have better players playing around you, less of the focus is on you. Focus is on James Tavernier because he's the captain and he's one of our best players. It's that simple, and and. Uh, I, I don't know of anyone, despite the criticism I hand out to him, that deserves a Player of the Year award this season, that's for sure. So no complaints from me on that. But I'm one of these guys that, um, that it's irrelevant. 
this is the participation awards as far as I'm concerned and uh, nah, I, I didn't pay much attention so uh, I'm, I'm fully focused on next season and what we can build because um, I want to see a winning Rangers team back on the park. Yeah, Scott Mitchell, I see you nodding in agreement there. James Tavney also picked up the Player of the Year award, which I think was voted for by Majors members, if that's if that's correct, or they definitely had a say in, um, in who won that award. Is, is that just because simply the shortlist was so poor? I mean, Borna Barisic was on there, for example, and on the shortlist for Player of the Year, and he's he's barely made a mark on, on anything we've done this season. Is that is that just a sign of the times? And we, we, do you think someone else should have potentially won that? I think it's it's probably indicative of how the seasons went. Um, the fact that, I'm not even going to say the fact that Tav won it, the fact that, as you said, Borna Barisic was part of the, the nominees, I think that just says everything that we need to know about how this season has went. There have been very, very few players who were deserving a nomination. And like Craig says, for this one, I think this year, more than most, it seems like it's just a participation award. Uh, James Tavernier has won it because... He did passable. I know his goals and his assists put, totally puts him out there as, as probably the, the most prolific right-back in the league, if not the best right-back in the league. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But performance-wise, if you look at the first six months of the season, nobody was really up to scratch, apart from those first two big, important European games. Um, so I Tav deserved to win it. Deserved. Because, as I say, I don't think anybody did. But I wouldn't have had a, a player of the year enough for me at all. I think we should have just scrapped it this year and looked straight forward to next season but you know you've got to use your, your sponsorship money wisely don't you? Absolutely. I think it was £140 or £145 ahead um, for, for people to go and it was sold out so I think the club would have made a, a killing off that one. Anyway um, Scott Cameron just come to you on uh, an award that I guess it's always tugs on the heartstrings every year or it tends to is the, the John Gregg Achievement Award. Um, this year it was given to the late Jimmy Bell um, who had 40 plus years service at Ibrooks. Watching, obviously last week was the, the anniversary of um, the Europa League final and I assume, like like me, a lot of other people watched some of the goals back from the run to the final. Maybe not the final itself, but the run to the final. And what can, what strikes me every time is how the players are dedicating everything to Jimmy Bell in that second leg against Leipzig and all the goals, every single one of them, just even within the celebrations, um, with the, the 10 minutes of spine-tingling scenes, as I still call it. Um, I think that that was one that was, that was well-deserved, and I guess maintains Jimmy Bell's legacy within the club? 100%. It's the sort of thing I thought might have happened at the the Hall of Fame dinner. You know, I think, um, I mean, 40 years service is, is phenomenal. Integral part of the behind the scenes, you know, I mean, all the way back to driving the bus and then becomes a kit man. But I think very much a, a confidant and of young players, old players, you know, I mean, I, I can't imagine what the, and I think it makes what happened that night at Ibrox against Leipzig even more impressive. The fact that they guys have went and manager, they've went into training on the Tuesday and what's Jimmy's past 
you know, they, they've had to deal with that sort of situation and then um, go out on the Thursday and, and, and qualify for the Europa League final. I, Jimmy Bell um, should, I think it's uh, a really, really nice touch and an, an award that nobody could have anything to, to say negative about, you know, a, a, a sad loss around the, around the training centre and within the, uh, within the squad, without a doubt. Craig, it's interesting that that someone who I guess wasn't part, wasn't a member of the first team playing squad, um, wasn't really in the limelight or, as such, or wasn't supposed to be in the limelight as such, became such a big part of our club. Do you how how do you view the, the award last night? I guess and and Jimmy Bell's sort of they did how Jimmy Bell's uh, contribution to the club has been sort of dedicated. Yeah, I think. Uh... It makes it's it's characters like Jimmy Bell that make our club what it is and separates us from you know any other top level club. Um, you know his passing was tragic, um, and you know coming from that era, always seeing Jimmy Bell behind you know great men in the dugout. Um, to see him not there anymore is a real sore one for those of us that have watched him there for years and years. Um, so we won't know the full scale of how many people he motivated, touched, you know, um, what he really did. Yes, he's a kit man. He wasn't just a kit man, though, was he? He was uh, an icon at the club. He epitomised what Rangers is all about in terms of attitude and everything on a day-to-day basis, you know, bringing people down to earth when they need down to earth, bringing people up when they need a G up, whatever it is, you know, it's invaluable and uh and maybe jimmy bell's loss was felt you know in these past two seasons you know uh, sorry the past season rather um even more so um and we can't really put a number on what his contribution was but i think last night's award is very fitting and you know as a small indicator of what he meant to everyone that are actually at the club um and dealt with them on a daily basis but um yeah sadly missed um very fitting award. I don't think it would have went to anyone else. Yeah, Scott Mitchell, the club is very often criticised for not doing the right thing or not, not um, I guess, utilising the feeling of fans to to do to do what they th- what the fans think are right or in support of. I think that award last night is very much the opposite of that, and it, it just it just was was a great way to highlight how the fans and the players, I guess, and the staff there felt towards Jimmy Bell. 100%. Um, again, like you, I'm one of the people that likes to watch that Leipzig game back, especially, as you said, the last 10 minutes. Um, and you're seeing players like Calvin Bassey, who are at the, the start of their career, um, celebrating Jimmy Bell and saying that that was, that was for him. Calvin Bassey had been at the club for, what, 18 months at that point. So the fact that he had such a strong relationship with Jimmy Bell just tells you the character of the man. And you've got players like Calvin Bassey and Jermaine Defoe, polar, ed- polar opposite ends of their career, and they both talk so highly of the man himself. Um, so I, words can't really put into, so you can't really put into words how well thought he was at Ibrox. And Cammy and Craig have both said sorely missed, and it's going to be difficult to find somebody that sets standards off the pitch as much as Jimmy Bell did. But you know we'll, we'll move on. We've always replaced everybody. We replaced Stanley McCoy. We replaced Brian Loudrop. Time will come, we'll replace Jimmy Bell, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it's maybe questionable if we've replaced Ali McCoyster or Jimmy Loudrop, but we've tried to replace them. I think it's more the phrase. <laughs> I'll take Jimmy Loudrop, mate. That was a, that was a good fan, that. <laughs> Brian Loudrop, sorry. <laughs> Too many names flying about. Um, Scott Cameron, one of the more controversial ones, or maybe not controversial awards, but one of the ones where people just raised their eyebrows at was goal of the season. Went to Antonio Cholak for his goal against PSV. I think it was the one at Ibrooks. Um that, that it was for. It's a very, very strange award. I think fans voted on that one as well. There was, there was quite a long short list of much, much better goals than that one that was put out by Rangers. How Malik Tillman's goal against Motherwell doesn't doesn't win it, and I'm not entirely sure. But what was your view on on that one? In, you look at it. I mean, I, I shared it in the, the group chat earlier on the list. Uh, the list of goals. And the fact that Antonio Cholax is at the top is—is is that what the of people just defaulted to the to the one at the top without putting any thought in it? How many people have actually voted? Because I think there, there was a level of apathy around the whole the whole awards situation. You know, I mean, you've said quite rightly it happened because people are getting paid a hundred are paying a hundred forty quid to to go to the. But I think uh, Tillman, I think one that. Um, should get a notable mention, but it was the fifth goal in a, a 5-2 win against St Mirren with Scott Arfields. There was like 420 passes. Like we'd been passing the ball for like the 87th minute and he finally scored it in the 92nd minute where a, a typical Scott Arfield finish. But that was a fantastic goal. Ryan Kent's goal against, uh, against them at New Year was a lovely finish for, for Ryan Kent. You know, and, I mean, that's the Ryan Kent, the sort of finish that we've not seen, we've not seen too much. But I Tillman for me was the was the goal of the season, you know, by a by by a good bit, you know. I mean, at, at first when I saw Antonio Cholak, I think people thought it was the one in the second leg, you know. I mean, I, <laughs> come on, I, I could have scored that with a blindfold on, sort of sort of thing, you know. But I I think uh, my they they my jails members again getting getting the Getting the being trusted to to vote for these things, you know. I don't know if it was just like gold members or or what have you, you know. What, what do they know? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're a double member, Scott. Are you not? I think that's, that says more than anything. Uh, Craig, did you have a favourite goal from, from this season? I don't know if you've, you've had the chance to see the shortlist or whatever, but is there a goal from this season that you think Sticks out in your mind. You, you, you just got complete apathy towards anything, Rangers. I'm just. I'm in the wrong pod tonight, aren't I, Craig? Uh, I, I don't know. It's again. It touches back on what I talked about earlier. Just you know, scrap the Player of the Year awards. This is it's all irrelevant. The season's been a disaster. Let's talk about the women's team. Let's talk about the youth team. Something else. Um, they were just. But, as bad. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> again, you know. The, the, the the nominated goal was a strange one. So, I mean, they're all irrelevant because we didn't win anything. But, you know, I think 
James Tavney's free kick at Celtic Park comes to mind, and uh, you know a few others. But uh, no, I'm 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 of the I'm just the mindset of can we just get this season because I'm chomping at the bit for all of that stuff. Yeah, well, I'm going to get get the awards over with, but there's one more to talk about. And Scott Mitchell, you can give us your goal of season as well at the start of this answer if you want. But Young Player of the Year, and I guess it's topical as we start to talk about um, players signing on the dotted line for next season and um, who's potentially going to be announced on Wednesday. Young Player of the Year was Malik Tillman. He was, again, um, in attendance. Sometimes when players are, are injured towards the end of the season, they head back to to their parent club uh, when they've been on loan. I think there was rumours that, that Malik Tillman had, had gone back to Germany and wasn't wasn't coming back um, to Rangers at any point. I think this is the second time he's been back in as many weeks. Do you think Malik Tillman was the standout young player of the year? And what are you? where do you stand on the we should sign Malik Tillman or not? Uh, goal of the season, James Tavernier versus Celtic. Just very quickly, I'll put that in there. Um, Malik Tillman... I think he was a shoe in for Young Player of the Year, if I'm totally honest. I don't think, you know, you've Adam Devine, Leon King coming in, you've seen glimpses of Alec Lowry in the team. I think it has to be Malik Tillman, his performances this season, although a lot of people will point to the, you know, the, the big games where he doesn't tend to show up. Early on in the season in particular, he was the one dragging us through games. Uh, remember his goal against USG that obviously gave us a little bit of hope. So for me, absolute shoe in. Whether he signs for us or not, um, I'm starting to verge on the yes. I hadn't even considered the fact until you just said it there that he was away in Germany and he's now come back for the Player of the Year awards. That just seems so wrong if he's no sticking around for one reason or another. It doesn't seem right in my head. I can't put that together and make it make sense. Um, and he looked, I saw the, the picture that uh, Todd Campbell put up on Instagram as well. He looked like he was enjoying himself. So I don't think he was just there to receive an award. I think he was there socialising. Um, so I think it's looking more and more likely that we're going to see Malik Tillman again next season. And I'd be very happy to see that. There's going to be a lot of questions over where he, play, where he plays though now in this system. Um, because you've got Todd Cantwell doing absolute bits in the in the Tillman role. Um, so it'll be an interesting headache that Beal's got in his hands next season if if Malik does stick along. But I, I'd love to see him again next season. Yeah, a few comments coming in. Uh, Opiate Scope saying uh, I'd sign him in a heartbeat. He has areas to develop for sure, but his ceiling is extremely high. Paul McGarrigal saying on Tillman, if Beal gets all the players he wants and if the money is still there, then yes, sign him. Scott Cameron, I think initially or for a long part of this season, I was very much on the get him on board no matter what, at four and a half million pounds or five million pounds of a release clause. Yes, absolutely sign him. I kind of cooled off a bit on that view for the in the last sort of two months of the season. I don't I, I can't really put my finger on why I killed I just didn't feel like he was having as much of an influence in the game or potentially it was that we could spend four and a half million, five million pounds slightly better in terms of what we need to get us to to the level where we're consistently competing and overtaking Celtic in the league. What are your thoughts on on Malik Tillman? I think he's a uh, young player of the year by a by a distance. I think uh, thoroughly thoroughly deserved. He's had some had some great moments across his uh, loan spell. I personally wouldn't sign him if our budget's only around ten million. <clears throat> Excuse me, if we've only got around ten million plus to to ten to fifteen million, I still 
don't know where he would play. Um, I think that's a huge factor. Um, I'm still just not convinced as to um, where he would where he would play. That's the that's the issue for me. I would spend five million pound on a number nine. You know, so I I just don't see where uh, where he fits in. So I don't believe that he actually sees. He's been very diplomatic. He's uh, I just don't believe that he he sees a permanent deal in Scotland as a a permanent deal in Scotland as his as his next career move. I think he wants to get back into the the national team. I think I've I've, I've said that a few times in our in, in our chat. I just think that he'll go back to Bayern, potentially sign another another contract there, and go to a better league and test himself there. Um, but uh, he's 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 done well, you know. It's it's not a criticism of of him. I just think I would I would spend the money elsewhere. Yeah, Craig Gaza Legend says we'd rather spend the money for Tillman on a striker. Um, DC's comes a very interesting point. If Tillman comes, Hadji is going. Um, the guys have spoken a bit about they're not sure where Tillman fits into into the team. What are your thoughts on Malik Tillman and some of those questions that have been raised there? Yeah, um, I think it was more siding with you, Craig. Uh, you know, I, I kind of went cold on him uh, when the big games that mattered came at the end of the season. You know, again, it's a perspective thing. The team didn't show up in these big games. It wasn't just Malik Tillman. Um, I, I was very excited when he came on board. You know, I like the American connection for obvious reasons. Um, I think he was an exciting player. Um, I don't know if I would sign him again. I I seen the comment there that Hadji would go out the door. There's a lot of favour for Hadji to go out. I would like to see Hadji get a pre-season and, and, and stay. And I, and I maintained that even after he came off the bench and had some questionable looking performances. You know, he looked a yard off the pace and all that. But... I would rather have much rather have an informed Yanis Hadji than 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 a Malik Tillman in the team. Personally, I think he's more two footed, more creative. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I, if I was to pick, I'd rather I'd say we'd rather spend the money elsewhere. Um, I think I've been on record the last pod saying that I want some more physical presence in the team. You know, looking at uh, teams like Man City, I know we can't compete in the same market as them but you know the spine of their team is made up of monsters i mean they just dominate um we don't really have anyone like that um so i'd like to see it's supposed to be lindstrom for us in the midfield you know kind of the the physical presence in there but now we've got a wee rottweiler with raskin but i'd like to see some height and some physical presence in the midfield and then yeah spend some money on the striker like we talked about earlier in the pod Scott Mitchell, Craig mentions Hadji there. There seems to be a bit of a mixed view of Yanis Hadji. I've, I view him as a sellable asset, if I'm honest. I think he is a good player. If he stayed next season, I would be more than happy. As it being a squad player, I don't think he'll be a starter for us next season, but I do think he is a sellable asset. And if we need to raise some funds from the current squad, he's one of the players who could fetch us three million pounds, three and a half million pounds quite easily. What are your views on, on Yanis Hadji and the, any potential that he, he shows for next season? Um, so I think with Hadji, I don't think there's a dry eye in the house. When he scored yesterday, I think everybody got a wee bit emotional at that because it's it's been a long, you know, 18 months for him. Um, I don't know a person that doesn't want him to succeed at Rangers, but it just looks, every day it looks like it's getting further and further away from him. Not only did he look five yards off the pace, like Craig was saying yesterday, he looked like he didn't know the basics. 
at times. Um, he really struggled when he was given space. He made the wrong decision time after time. He got his goal, which was great. Um, I'd love for him to stick at Rangers and go on to be a you know a very good player for us. But like you say now, I'm starting to drift towards the yeah he's probably sellable for us. Depends what that fee is going to be. I think if it's if it's three million, we're pretty much just making up our, our money we spent on him. I'd like to see a wee bit more than that if we're going to sell maybe up maybe five or upwards. Whether we can get that or not might be pie in the sky. But I think that's probably the price that I would let him go for anything less than. I think it's worth him sticking around because he has got so much to offer when fit. Um, very rarely do you see a player as two-footed as Yanis Hadji, and I think that in itself is a big asset for us. So I'm sort of on the fence with it, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, there's now loads of valuations coming into the comments, so let's see how many of these we think is realistic. Um, Bill Reid saying, imagine we could get we could sell Hadji for three to four million pounds and got an upgrade in Tillman. That, that would be ideal uh, for me. DC says Hadji is a six to eight million pound player. His commercial value is massive. He does have his own Pepsi can. I'm not quite sure that translates to doubling his value, but um, he does have his own Pepsi can, and who doesn't want that? Um, Paul McGarrigal saying Hadji four million, Kamara three to four million, Davies three to four million pounds. Sell them, Scott Cameron. What are your kind of thoughts on those comments? I think you spoke about saleable assets. Um, I, I like Hadji. I think he's a very, very talented player. I said a horrendous time with injury, and I thought it was the first half yesterday was just one of those, you know, he needed the halftime break just because nothing he tried. He, he just, it wasn't happening for him. But he got the goal, and I think the confidence that will hopefully come from that, I think, it's, I think he did look visibly uh, lifted by it in the latter stages of the the game yesterday, you know, so potentially another start on Wednesday night. I'm very much on the fence. I think he's he's one of those players if we're trying to supplement the budget that we've got, I think he's he's certainly one that we could get a good few quid in for, you know, but I'm I'm not writing him off just I mean the guy's been out for for a for a long, long time with a with a horror injury and it's to his credit that he's managed to get himself back and back in good condition and and what have you, you know, so very much 50-50 for me, but um, it really depends on the, the the rest of the recruitment that we do during the summer. Yeah, quite like Opiate Scope's point here about needing to be proactive about moving players on, but can't be selling short. I, I think in the past we've, we all know that we've, we've, we've hung on to players far too long, um, mainly because we like them. Um, more than anything else, sometimes we get emotionally attached to certain players, and I think that's been to our downfall. That this season has almost been the prime example as to why you shouldn't do that. And uh, Hadji, I think, can be a really good player, and there's no there's no certainty that he will be. And all it takes is one more injury if he's out for three four months again, and then he's back on that hamster wheel of trying to get back to fitness and. He's lost, he's lost even more value. So I think it'll be interesting to see how we do that. But we do need to remember that we, we're, at, we're at the stage where we need a massive squad refresh. And if, if we need to fund that somehow, then selling a player who's been on the fringes this season may not be the worst idea in the world. So it'll be really interesting to see how how that goes um, and uh, progresses over, over this summer. 
Malik Tillman was one of the players that was, I guess, rumours were starting to pick up a bit last night on social media around um, who could be the player that's going to sign the dotted line on Wednesday. I've seen some suggestions that they might actually be paraded at the game at Ibrooks on Wednesday. I'm not entirely sure if that is the case. Some of the other options, it could be Craig uh, Dujon Sterling, who's been rumoured to have signed a four-year deal um, on a free contract, Kieran Dow. Another one who's been rumoured as a as a um, to have signed on the dotted line, potentially Jack Butland, who's um, who seems to have indicated that Rangers is where he wants to come next season. I, I'm not entirely sure if he has signed or not as yet. Or as someone suggested, it could be a three year deal for Ryan Kent, which I'm not over oh. o- overly <laughs> overly optimistic about. Have you have you got any thoughts on on those players? I think. I think Sterling, Dowell and Butland will all be coming in the door. Tillman, as we've just discussed, is a maybe. Is there any there that excite you? Oh, good question. Uh, Butland is probably about the right level. I think I think he's good enough to be a number one. So no objections from me on Butland. Uh, the boy Sterling obviously comes highly recommended. Um, he's had a good season by all accounts on loan, hasn't he? So um, that's good. And I'd like to see us sign another defender. It, I know. Uh, I think we need to add to the defence. I know people are saying if we sign our defender, Ben Davis goes out. I don't see that personally. I think we need to bolster the defence, um, especially talks of playing a back three, which I feel like Michael Beale might be, you know, uh, building up to for the bigger games to push the wing backs further forward and have cover. But we'll see what happens um, in terms of do the excitement. No, I'm kind of hoping that there's something lingering in the background uh, that we don't know about. That maybe is exciting. Um, very encouraged by James Bisgrove's interview the other day. You know, I like the cut of his jib, um, and I'm excited to see what the future holds. I think the chairman needs to find investment. I think he's got the right background to do that. Uh, I heard Scott throwing out ten million um, for the budget. I'm hoping it's significantly more than that. Personally, um, I know the way these things are structured, so um, it could be more than that in theory, but. Um, not necessarily all up front. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, if there's one going to be paraded, uh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully it's Butland. I'd like to see us build some something from the back. You know, I think that's the way to do it. Get a strong goalkeeper in, maybe a defender announced next in and go through the team that way. But uh, yeah, considering the season we've had, it's kind of exciting to, to see what's going to happen, isn't it? Absolutely is. There's a few people in the comments pointing out that um, Jack Butland is still officially with Manchester United, which with their season finishing Sunday, I think, if I if I remember correctly. Nope, not Sunday. Scott, be, yeah. Yeah. Still got still, still got the FA still got the FA Cup final, final on the third of June. There you go. That's the only game in the third of June as well that, that we need to worry about anyway. So um so yeah, so I, I don't think it'll be Butland, so then you're, you're kinda of narrowing it down from, from that perspective. Scott Mitchell, these are all free transfers. Tillman excluded. They're all free transfers in areas of the pitch we know that we need to strengthen. Is it encouraging for you that these players are coming in at the right profile, the right level, and we're still keeping a significant portion or, or almost all of that budget that we have, whether it's £10 million, £15 million, or, or slightly more than that for the, for the positions that I guess are more exciting in the team in terms of the, the front three? Hundred percent. Like so, 
like I think Craig and yourself were both saying, you want to spend most of your money in that front three. That's where we need to replace the probably the most missed quality, especially if you look at Alfredo. Um, we saw the stat on Sky at the weekend that Alfredo Morelos has the second most goal contributions for Rangers since 2016. So that's going to be really hard to replace. So that's where money needs to be spent. If it's Kieran Dow, if it's Jack Butland, if it's John Sterling coming in on freeze, like Craig says, they all sound like the right profile of player for us to be signing. The fact that it's all been done early in the window as well, I think is really promising for us because we are notorious with dragging our heels. Um, hopefully that's going to be the last hangover for the Ross Wilson era out of the way. Um, but I so potentially putting more money towards the front three area is fantastic. I hope we hear some news about that early in the window as well. I'd hate to have another Ryan Kent signing on deadline day scenario. Um, we need to try and get bodies in the door quickly. And I think it's probably five or six bodies we're going to need at a very, very minimum to try and bolster this squad to challenge next season because it's going to be a tough fight next year if we're going to regain that ground that we've lost. Yeah, I think Michael Beale's already emphasised how important it is to get players in early. He, I guess, under Stephen Gerrard, we were always it was always the case. Pretty much the vast majority of signings were done in the first week to two weeks of the transfer window and then you heard nothing until transfer deadline day and they'd maybe sneak another one over the line or whatever. I'd very much expect our transfer strategy to be very similar to that going forward and like you say, hopefully it is and all these players are in the door early enough they can start to gel before before we hit the, the Champions League qualifiers, which we know can always be um can always be tricky, especially as the as the first competitive game. Um Loads of comments coming in around who people think it will be. I think all four have been mentioned. I think Sifuentes, uh, my pronunciation isn't quite as good as Kyle's on that one. Um, I think he is hopefully one we'll see coming through the door, but he, he won't be he won't be at this stage of the season. I think the, the MLS season's well underway, and I think it'll be one that, that comes in during the transfer window rather than um, beforehand. But it'll be really interesting to see, and it'll be... I'll be sitting at Ibrox on Wednesday night with a with a um, BDI on the tunnel bef- before the game and during half time to see if anyone's walking out and holding up the scarf above their head. Uh, let's go ahead to Wednesday night then. Scott Cameron, second last game of the season, last game at Ibrox. You looking forward to it? <laughs> um, well, I'm looking forward to the fact that it's the last game at Ibrox. Yeah, that's uh, listen. We've won the first, uh, won the first three games of these five dead rubbers. You want to continue that this week? You know, Hearts have still got plenty to play for, so I think it'll be a very competitive, uh, competitive match. Although I think if Aberdeen, I think if Aberdeen take care of their business on uh, Wednesday night, I think that'll pretty much nail third place. You know, but I, I just want uh, us to continue the same sort of performances that we've put in across the across the last three games and I think the squad's fairly limited. I think um and players are dropping like flies as has happened all season with, with injuries and, and what have you, you know. So I think I don't think the squad will be markedly different to, to what we had yesterday. But I, I always look forward to going to Ibrox and selling a half time draw and all that sort of stuff. So maybe the maybe the new signing's gonna come and draw the half time draw. Uh, ticket. Um, I, I think I personally think it'll be Kieran Dowell purely because Norwich's season is already over, and I'm I'm reliably informed that he's already 
being confirmed as is not staying at Norwich. So I think it'll be it'll be Kieran Dowell. I think Dujon Sterling will pro- Sterling will probably happen. And then you're looking but Butlands into into June probably and Sifuentes and then whatever. But I'm hoping that by the end of end of June when we start back training that we've got five or six in. Um, but Wednesday night it's just about um, getting on our three points. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, absolutely. Craig Scott spoke about the. Uh... The importance or the aim of trying to win the, the five games after after the split is that something that that registers with you? Yeah, I don't think it changes. I mean, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Michael Beale at this point in time, you know, he's he's got a pool of players that are going to be decimated in the window here. But you know, uh, he's not going to get any plaudits plaudits for winning. But yeah, it'll probably take some flack if he doesn't get the results against Hearts and St Mirren. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I like I like how Beal's handled it. I think um, he's getting a tune out of uh, his current team despite all the injury problems. He finally conceded the other day didn't he, in, in his post-match press conference that went through all the names that were missing. And, you know, the press don't report that. It's literally a whole team that we've done without. Um, so, uh, yeah, right attitude for Beal. Uh, I I would expect us to get the result at home against Hearts um, and St Mirren away, quite frankly. Um, so, yeah, no, that's that's the right MO uh, to finish the season out and take it, uh, positives into the transfer window. Scott Mitchell, um, Michael Beal spoke after the Hibs game and said it's likely that some players will get a chance to say farewell to Ibrox. On Wednesday night, you're assuming that's the likes of Kent, Morelos and McGregor. Um, we'll at least get some game time. Not sure if I'd, if I'd um, expect them to start, but they'll at least get some some game time. Are you happy to give them that farewell and that, that bit of sentimentality? Or do you think it's more just look ahead to the future and keep giving guys like Yilmaz, like um, Matondo, etc. the minutes? You're on mute, Scott Mitchell, which is a, a rookie error. Sorry, that never happened, right? Um, I, so I remember a long time ago reading Arthur Newman's book, and he mentions his departure for Rangers and the fact they never got to say goodbye to the fans. And it really stuck with him for a long, long time afterwards. So for that point of view, I think it would be harsh not to let Alan McGregor and Ryan Kent say goodbye to the Ibrox crowd. The other one, um, don't really care if he gets on the pitch or not. Um, I was a, a big defender of Morelos for a long, long time, but I'm thinking back over the last 18 months, he's been unfit, overweight, not really trying his hardest, so don't really care if he gets on the pitch or not. If if he gets on the pitch, I would hope that we're out of sight and clear. If we're losing or if we're drawing to hearts, then no, I want us to try our hardest to try and get back in this game. There's no room for sentimentality at that point, um, but Alan McGregor and Ryan Kent, I can see them. They've tried their hardest for the majority of their Rangers careers. Um, Alan McGregor especially, probably one of our best ever goalkeepers 
if, if we're all totally honest with ourselves. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him potentially get a send off, Ryan Kent as well, but not many of us, no. Scott Cameron, just on Alfredo Morelos, I'm swithering about whether we go back to, to the awards night, um, but I'm going to go back to it because I actually forgot to mention it at the time. Um, there was a bit of controversy created last night uh, on, at the awards night on the back of, uh, I think, an Instagram stories post from Alfredo Morelos. He posted a picture of a, um, a trophy that marked his... Uh, record European goal scorer for Rangers uh, title and also I think it was a Rangers branded whiskey a bottle of whiskey that he had as well um, he then posted a, a quirky um, emoji kind of doing what you're doing just now actually to be fair um, yeah one of those ones uh, for a sort of thinking face what um, what did you make of that and the controversy that, that surrounded that? It was an interesting one, I had a few friends that were lucky enough to, to be at the the awards last night, so I'd missed it last night when it all started off the back of Alfredo loves an Instagram story, to be honest. Um, so there was some people were saying that it hadn't been presented it last night. It had been... So anyway, after some investigations, he was presented it by Michael Beale as it was almost like a, a recognition and a, a gratitude from Michael Beale to to Alfredo for the breaking the record. But he broke that record 18 months ago. I don't know if this was a sort of had held over from the awards last season when Alfredo was injured and still in Colombia. So I I'm not really I'm not really too sure. I'm not sure. Alfredo was that impressed, to be to be perfectly honest with you. You, you. You're second guessing what his Instagram story and his emojis all about, sort of thing, you know. But I think um, I think the club had recognised it at the time when he had uh, when he broke the record. So it was a bit of a, a bit of a strange one for me, and the fact that there was nothing on social media. I think that's what what had you know the club were announcing Jimmy Bell and Player of the Year, Women's Player, all that sort of situation. So that's where I think the the confusion this morning had came about that it was just over over the over the the dessert table. They had just uh, Michael Beale had just handed them a trophy and said thanks very much for all your European goals, but it turns out that he's actually went on the stage and. And, and has got it, you know, I mean, I think that's a record that's probably going to take a long time to be beaten. So I think yeah, he, he does deserve uh, credit for that. But the timing around it's just a, a bit strange for me, to be honest, Craig. Yeah, I'm going to stick with you and and talk talk some more about, about Wednesday's game. Scott Mitchell says he would quite happily give uh, Al McGregor and, and Ryan Kent their send-off from Ibrox, but not Alfredo Morelos. Where do you stand on the whole sentimentality piece? I wouldn't, I'm not bothered about any of them, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and listen, you know, I am the chair, chairperson of the Alfredo Morelos fan club, but it, it's, it's done. You know, at the end of the day, my thing with Alfredo is he would start the game 60 minutes in, he, he walks off to a full Ibrox. That's the that's the way the story should have ended, but sadly that isn't the way the story is going to end. Alan McGregor, for me, will get his send off at his testimonial in July. So 
I'm I'm no, you know, I think Alan McGregor. This is just personal opinion, but I think Alan McGregor will probably come on, maybe for the second half, something something along those lines, or play for the first hour and then go off to get that ovation. But from a personal point of view, I think he's going to get a full Ibrox uh, in July. Ryan Kent, I don't think is going to be fit enough to to play anyway. Um, so to go back to it, I'm not bothered. I just the the players that are involved just now. That's the, the players that Michael Beals relied on across the last uh, three games. I want us to win the game on Wednesday night. I want us to win the game on Saturday. Uh, as a as a football club, I think we have been far too nostalgic, and we are far too nostalgic. And uh, I just think, yeah, in time we will look back on Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent's career at Rangers and 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 give them thanks. Alan McGregor's obviously Hall of Fame, and that's a different. A different kettle of fish entirely, but as much as uh, Kent and Morelos are not leaving the way that we would like them to leave, you know, I don't think getting getting a a bit of applause is going to make any make any difference. To be honest with you, so I get the job done on Wednesday night, and I'm not bothered on, on any of them being in, involved. Craig, I saw you nod my own there to, to Scott's answer. You don't really strike me as a man that's up for too much sentimentality. Um, are you in agreement with, with what the two Scots have said? Pretty much. Uh, Alfredo Manelis has been a disgrace for a long time now. An absolute disgrace. Is that, is that uh, the end, is that the uh, end of that? Uh, Gio called him out at the start of the season. <laughs> can, can you hear me okay? Yeah, you, you can't argue that. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Just... Gotcha. Sorry about that. Um, I, I'm Alfredo's a disgrace. He needs to go. Um, I think a bit much like last night's dinner. There's, it's all just, you know, it's, it's meaningless at this point in time, isn't it? Thanks for your service. I think Scott said it right there. You know, in time, we'll look back fondly on these things, and in time, we'll be welcome back uh, to iBooks. But I can't see Alfredo moving on to anyone of any substance. Uh, I think. I don't think he even realises that he's hit the heights and he is failing to do what it takes to remain at those heights. Uh, so I don't know anyone's going to take a punt on him, to be honest with you. So I, I'd rather see us win the game. Um, you know, McGregor will get sent off on his testimonial, as Scott rightly said. Uh, Kent, you know, I think he deserves a, a, a send-off of some sorts. You know, he's part of the 55 team. Don't think it was for lack of effort on Kent's part. Just form went out the window. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people are staying at the end of the game for this sentimental round uh, the park. So, um, aye, it's just one of these things. I think we're all just ready to move on and uh, time for the next chapter, please. Yeah, we'll just round off that discussion with uh, Reese Bell's comment. Alfredo's been brilliant, but it's time to go. Nostalgia tinted glasses can't get in the way of winning. He deserves a send off for his achievements, but he shouldn't stay. And uh, Craig, I agree with you. I think it'll be really interesting to see where Alfredo Morelos lands. Um, for a long time, I thought Sevilla might be the place that that he goes, but I think that's well beyond him no now. I think that's well beyond him now. So uh, you're probably looking somewhere, somewhere like Turkey, or maybe even somewhere like the MLS. To be honest, and and fit right in here. The standard's perfect for him right now. So <laughs> um, get a game so with LAFC, I think. <laughs> I could do a swap deal for Sifuentes. Um, yeah, exactly. See. So I think yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he lands, but it's it's definitely time for Alfredo Morelos to um to leave. Douglas McIntyre saying 
um, which comments just jumped up. A, a couple of panelists sound like lovers spurned. Um, I don't know which of you three that could that that could land at the feet of, or maybe all three all together. But um, I I uh, I agree with you all. To be fair as well, so let's say all four of us. Um, it could be as all, but. Alfredo Morelos needed to do better this season. If he had done better this season, we could have been in a very different position. And um, he's a, he was a significant issue this season amongst the squad, I think, which didn't do any favours for us. Um, Scott Mitchell looking at looking at Hearts. They are still going for third place. They beat Aberdeen at the weekend. Um, a cracking goal from Josh Ginelli um, and Warren Shankland as well. Turning up, what are you expecting from them on... Uh, on Wednesday night, I think it'll be. I was expecting for the Hibs game it to be quite end to end. It did turn out that way, where it, but we still dominated the game. Kind of expecting more of the same on Wednesday night. Pretty much, I, I think all of our games against the Edinburgh sides this season, they seem both teams seem to have kind of opened up defensively against us and not made it easy to play. But it's been, it's probably been our easiest games against those lot this year. So I, I'd expect a couple of goals. Um, if you thought I, talk, I, I sounded like a lover spurned talking about Alfredo Morelos, wait till you hear me talk about Stephen Naismith. Um, absolutely hope we gub them. So that I, I cannot stand Stephen Naismith. Um, can't even put in words how much that guy broke my heart when I was younger. Um, so yeah, no, I hope we put a few goals past them. But at the end of the day, the game's a dead rubber, as Cammy was saying earlier on. What I really want to see is a, a hope for a wee bit of rotation. I hope to see a bit more from, from Alec Lowry. In particular, I think he looks like potentially he's in the cusp of breaking through. It feels like I've been saying that for years now. Um, but hopefully we we change it up a wee bit. Don't see Hearts posing too much a threat, if I'm totally honest. I've heard a few people saying that people at Lauren Shankland should be on our radar. Nah, no for me. He's, he's just not quite at that level. Um, and I feel like we should be governing them, and I hope we do. Scott Cameron, Warren Shankland, yes or no? 100% no for me. Um, I think we need better. That's fair. In terms of the game tomorrow night, uh, not tomorrow night, Wednesday night, um, we're recording this on Monday. Uh, the game on Wednesday night, you expecting a, an end-to-end entertaining game? Well, I think Hearts have got to, you know, Hearts need a result. So, you know, I, I, you, you would hope that they, I'm not saying they're, they're going to come uh, all guns blazing, but I think they can't. They can't just sit back and and let us let us dictate the let dictate the play, you know. So and as open a game as possible, you know. I mean, that, that's they've 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 got nothing to lose, you know. Stevie Naismith um, isn't a. I'm not a, a, a fan of his uh, at all. So the more pain that we can inflict on him, and as much as if that makes Aberdeen get third place, then so be it. But um, I, a comfortable Rangers wins all that all that I'm looking for. I think that's all we look for every single game. To be fair, but it's been very rare this season. I think it's fair to say. Uh, Craig, there's been some Scott Mitchell spoke about Alex Lowry there in terms of potentially coming in. How do you see us lining up on on Wednesday night? How do you think there will be some rotation for some of the younger players? I'd imagine. Leon King keeps his place, for example, and in, in the back line after the weekend. How do you see us lining up? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I didn't really get a chance to talk about yesterday's uh, game, but um, you know it, it wasn't very comfortable for me. I think it was only comfortable because Hibs were rotten, but they still created some chances. So 
Um, I fear that it might not be straightforward, uh, as you might think. We just mentioned, always mentioned there, that Hearts have uh, still got a lot to play for, and rightly so, but uh, hopefully we get a result. I, I don't see too many changes from the lineup for uh, at Easter Road. Um, I don't know. Alex Lowry's kind of on that fringe. The fact that we're starting Yanis Hadji, I, mean, I know I know said earlier I'm a fan of his, but um, you know I think we're just struggling for injuries and trying to put the right team on the park. So uh, we'll see. But I, I don't think there'll be too many changes from uh, the lineup uh, from yesterday. Are you going to can you give us your run us through your, your starting eleven then for um, for Wednesday night? Yeah, I don't think any changes to the back line. Um, I think McCrory will keep his place, obviously. Um, I, I think uh, Lundstrom, Jack um, will play. I think Raskin, Cantwell will play. I think Fashion will play. The question marks on Hadji. Do, do you swap Hadji out for maybe someone like an Alex Lowry? Or, um, I, I don't know what Scott Wright's fitness is like. Probably not ready. Um, doesn't sound like Grant Kent's ready to return. So... Um, could be Yanis, could be could be Alex Lowry, who knows? Um, but I said, you know, just before you asked me the question, I don't think it'll be too different from yesterday's lineup. That's that's, that's my prediction. Yeah, Scott Mitchell, uh, Raskin was one player who seemed to pick up a bit of a knock yesterday. I think Michael Beale said afterwards it was um, knee to knee, kind of it was just a kind of an impact kind of injury. Is would you risk? Playing him if he is feeling a wee bit of a knock or keep that momentum going, or do you do you just switch him out because actually the game doesn't mean anything? It's probably a bit of both. Um, at the end of the day, when it, when it comes to a knee knock, I think you need to wait for any swelling to go down, any potential swelling that's there after the knee knock to see what the damage is going to be. If there's any sign of damage or a hint of damage, I don't think we risk Nico, Nico asking that we don't want to be going into the summer with him on the back foot. He's very quickly become one of our integral players in that midfield and he lets you, you look at the, the, up, the upturn in fortunes of John Lundstrom since Nico Raskin settled and it, it can't be a coincidence He's, he lets other people play their game so no I don't think we, we risk him if, if there's a potential there that he could be injured but then you've got the flip side question of well who do you then bring in do you drop Cantwell back, continue playing Hadji on the left and then potentially put Alec Lowry or somebody in there You've got, you've got options there potentially, but it really depends on what we're expecting for Hearts and what we expect from ourselves uh, going into Wednesday. But hopefully he's fit because we play like a really good team when he's available and he's, he runs that midfield very, very quietly. Yeah, would I, I know you spoke about um, Alex Lowry potentially coming in, Nico Raskin probably leave him out so he's not in the back foot. Are those the only two changes you would make to, to Sunday's team against Hibs? I think so, and it's it's more a case of well, who else is there really for us to bring in. It's not as if we can bring in Phil Hollander to to say goodbye to the the team. He's he's a signal. He's a walking signal. Um, so I, it's probably the only change that I would potentially make. I can't see Bill starting McGregor, even though we're talking about the sentiment. I'm very much of the opinion that he'll either come on as a sub or get his send off in the testimonial, like Cammy and Craig were saying. So I don't see us making too many changes other than that. If I'm totally honest. Perfect. And just to round off that that um, sort of thought, I guess, Scott Cameron, in terms of starting lineups, do you feel any different to the guys? It's a hard one because you don't know who's available. You know, I mean, I think we are so limited. There's concern over uh, Jack and Raskin because obviously two, two games in really quick succession. Jack's just coming back off an injury. Raskin's just picked up an injury. 
Um, Hadji's just returning after a year out. You know, I mean, there's, but again, I think Scott Arfield will start as much as I'm not a huge fan of Scott Arfield starting. I, I think he will start just purely because I, I, I just, I think there'll, there'll have to be some element of freshness sort of thing. I think Alex Lowry could potentially start off the left. Uh, the, the, I mean, he done that at uh, Tynecastle the back end of back end of last season. So I think it would be nice to see Alex Lowry um, start. So you could effectively have Lowry, um, Lowry and Sakala and sort of Cantwell as just sort of front front three um, sort of situation. And I think Arfield, Jack or Raskin and uh, Lundstrom in the middle of the park. So I think there will be, in an ideal world, you go with the, the, the players that have done the job over the last two or three games, but I just think there's there's factors. You're playing when, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. I mean, I think Saturday will see a, a, a lot of changes. You know, I mean, I think uh, we are very, very limited as to what we've got available. But the one thing I do believe is Scott Arfield will start in the middle of the park and I think Lowry will start off the left-hand side. Yeah, so I, I think three slightly different lineups there, but it'll be interesting to see just where the those little tweaks are from Michael Beale uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, Scott Cameron, I'll stick with you first of all for this one. So, score prediction for Wednesday? Uh, two 0 Rangers. And on to you, Craig. Yeah, uh, I think we'll concede because we're great at that this season. So I'll go two one Rangers. Um, and then just to, our field might start, but I think Bill said he was carrying a knock as well, so who knows? Um, but I, I'll go two one. I'm starting to enjoy how fed up you are of this season, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring the negativity. Uh, sorry, uh, Scott Mitchell, you can round us off. What's your score prediction for Wednesday? Four 0 Rangers. I like the sound of that. I'm going. I'm going to go three-one Rangers. Uh, He's and just I, taking I, advantage of that. Your comment against me there. Four-nil. <laughs> <Just please. laughs> uh, we'll just pass them our marks. I think we'll round it off there. Um, thanks very much, guys, for joining us. Scott Cameron, pleasure as always. Yep, it's been good, guys. Thanks very much. Craig, we'll let you outside to enjoy the heat. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Now, cheers, guys. It's uh, it's always a pleasure, despite the I'm comments. Just- <laughs> and Scott Mitchell enjoyed you having you on again thanks very much guys hopefully smash these guys on Wednesday absolutely um, even just to see your reaction to, to Stephen A. Smith's disappointment um, <laughs> thank you very much everyone for listening please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel or wherever you listen to your podcast toggle on those notifications and uh, you'll get an email uh, every single time we go live or upload a podcast, uh, please remember to like the video if you've enjoyed the content. It helps us a lot. Leave a wee comment as well with your with your thoughts on any any of the topics we've covered tonight. In terms of what we've got coming up, myself and Kyle will be live from the gantry at Ibrooks uh, on Wednesday night, and we'll have uh, all the content from lineup reaction through to through to a post match reaction from Ibrooks after the game. So please remember to to tune in for that, and we've got plenty of podcasts coming up the rest of the week as well. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and until next time, goodbye. <laughs>
Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.